0: Let not your hearts be troubled. That's Jesus' opening words here in our gospel this morning. Let not your hearts be troubled. I feel like I'm beating on the same horse week after week here lately. So many of our passages have been able to be related back to comfort. After all, we are living in trying times right now. But the reality is we always have been living in trying times. It's just We have something else to worry about in this world that we didn't have a few weeks ago. Dealing with this whole fear of the coronavirus and developing COVID-19 now is added to our list of things to fear in this world. And of course, anytime we talk about the resurrection of Jesus and its effects upon us, it should bring us comfort. Because what's happened to Jesus is something that will happen to his own people too. We should be comforted, but yet there's always something in this world that draws our eyes away from what Jesus is doing in and through us, what Jesus has accomplished on our behalf. Some fearful event, some traumatic event, some seemingly apocalyptic event that will utterly leave us and everyone around us adrift in a world of utter uncertainty. That is the fears of this world. And so I guess I am going to keep beating on this same horse, beating on this horse of comfort and peace that is beyond our understanding. What does that even mean, beyond our understanding? It means that the comfort and the peace that Jesus gives to us is beyond comprehension, is beyond our reasoning capabilities. That even when everything is crushing in upon us, there is comfort nonetheless, there is peace for us to receive, even if we don't even recognize that comfort or peace. It's there for us, there for us to turn our eyes and receive again. It's really and truly there for the receiving, for the grasping, for the taking. But that only happens when we stop and breathe for a moment in the midst of the tumults and tribulations. And so let not your hearts be troubled. We can't avoid these words. Jesus himself is in the midst of the most troubling times. And what does he do? He turns to his disciples and tells them to not let their hearts be troubled. To not be troubled by their thoughts or by their words or by his actions or by his words. Jesus has just revealed to them. What is about to happen? And they're confused. But he says, don't be troubled. After all, it's just the entirety of sin itself being born upon Jesus. And he looks at them and says, don't be troubled. Don't worry about what is going on right now. It's almost a sense of just go with the flow here, guys. Roll with the punches. What be will be. Because I am in control, and am certain of the outcome of these events. Yes, Jesus himself is truly troubled right now. But he fully understands what he is about to endure. The disciples are troubled too. Because they don't understand what Jesus understands. They are confused. They've been acting selfishly on this night of the Passover. This night that Jesus will be betrayed by one of his own. They've been told that one of their own will betray Jesus, that another will deny who he is, and that all of them will be affected by these events and abandon Jesus in his most dire moment of need. Everything is being called into question by them, and their hearts are gripped with trouble, with worry. And yet here is Jesus pouring himself out, to these worried and confused disciples. He's not withdrawing away from them for himself in the midst of all of this confusion. He is focused on them, focused on their well-being despite his own well-being being at stake. The great and the good shepherd is focused solely on his sheep. He looks at them and brings them comfort and offers them comfort. Our shepherd doesn't go and seek out me time on his own while his disciples are being troubled. No, he seeks to comfort his disciples even in the midst of him preparing himself for self-sacrifice, preparing himself to be sacrificed on the cross for the sins of the world. He is about to bear everything that separates the disciples from the kindness and mercy of God the Father in order that all of us who are separated by those very things, can draw near to that same Father, even though we know we don't deserve it. Nothing in us deserves that great and glorious fellowship with the Father, with our Creator, because we have constantly and continually sought our own good. Just like the disciples on that night, when it came time for people's feet to be washed, none of them volunteered to do it, and so Jesus enacts what servanthood looks like by washing their feet, by taking the lowliest of low jobs. He shows them what it means. We know in the other gospel accounts that the disciples, even on this night, were arguing about who the greatest was. They're about their own good, their own comfort, their own self-conceit at the cost of everyone else around them, and yet Jesus shows them What it means to be a servant. He reveals to them what he is truly going to do for them. He is willing to die for them, to take their sin. And so he tells them to not let their hearts be troubled by what they've heard, by the events around them. To set aside those troubles, to stop being troubled. Why would he do that? It's because our human philosophies say that we should worry. But then when we encounter one that says, don't worry, it's purely on the basis that whatever God or gods might be out there, they don't care about us. They're going to do what they're going to do, so don't worry about life. Just do what you're going to do. Those gods don't care one whit about anything, and whatever you do isn't going to change their minds. But Jesus says, do not worry. Do not fear. Do not let your hearts be troubled because... There is a God who cares for you. My Father is concerned with you. He hears our cries and our crises. He listens to our prayers. He notices every aspect of our lives. We're commanded to not worry, to not be troubled, because our God cares and loves us. That very God in Jesus has removed the stumbling blocks between us and fellowship, And so Jesus can say, let not your hearts be troubled because of what he is about to do. Because of what he is going to do. We aren't in control of anything, but Jesus is. We barely have control of our own emotions. Let alone anything else that is outside of us. We can barely control our own thoughts. In fact, usually our thoughts take control of us. But Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Though we seek our own good, though we seek only mud pies in the alleyways, though we miss the good that God is giving to us in our salvation, Jesus is pouring himself out to take away those troubles, to take away that which troubles us in order that we would truly be comforted in his peace that he creates for us. And because he has poured himself out for us, we are thus enabled to let Jesus pour himself out through us for the sake of others. Because after all, that's how each and every one of us have come to know Jesus. is because someone else poured out themselves for us. That Jesus worked and poured himself out through another. And just like that, he works in us and pours himself out through us to bring comfort, to speak those words, let not your hearts be troubled. We can trust in what he has done, and he gives us everything. He gives us a basis for the very comfort he brings to us. Look at what he says. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place be- place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, I will come again and take you. To where I am, so that you'll be where I am. And of course, Thomas says, "Well, we don't know where you're going. How can we get there? How can we know the way?" And the basis of the comfort that Jesus is giving us is Himself. He makes a place for us, because He's made that place. He'll come back and take us to that place. In fact, He is the very way, is what He tells tells Thomas. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's what we need to hear. That it's not about us, that it's not about me paving my way, me carving my way, me forcing my way forward in life, but it is about me following and being carried on that path by Jesus Himself, by that good shepherd we heard about last week. Remember, He said, I am the door for the sheep. They come in and out through me to go into pasture and to come back into safety. Just as he is the door, he is also the way. He is the path upon which we go. He creates the way for us and then carries us on that way, being the truth and the very life that we need to follow that path. He provides everything that we need in order to have that comfort. He himself is the basis of our comfort. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus being the way and the truth and the life for us means that we know the Father, that mysterious God who created all things through Jesus, who created us, who is called out to us. Knowing Jesus means knowing that Father the Father who is the judge and creator of all things, the creator who will come and judge all of creation, who is perfectly holy and righteous in everything that he does, who is perfectly good and beautiful in every way we can imagine. We have not known him, not truly until we know Jesus. And when we know Jesus, we discover the depth of the love of this Father for us and for all of his creation. The desire for comfort and mercy and kindness that he wishes to bestow upon all those in Jesus, upon all of creation itself, such that Jesus himself is the basis of that comfort, the one who accomplishes that comfort on our behalf. And the reason for our comfort is, again, Jesus himself. He is the basis, but he is also the reason. Because in Him and through Him, we see the Father. To see Jesus is to see the Father. To know Jesus is to know the Father. As I just said, the Father is the judge and ruler of everything. He has rights over and against us. We have debts that we owe to Him. We have no reason to be comforted. We have every reason to be troubled about everything. But yet the reason that we can be comforted, again, is Jesus himself, because he is in the Father, and the Father is in him. What he says, he doesn't speak on his own authority, but it is the Father's words. What Jesus does is the very Father working in him. So what does that mean? When Jesus goes to the cross, it is the Father in Jesus accomplishing the work of salvation through Jesus he redeems us he desires our redemption jesus and the father cannot be truly and utterly totally separated from one another and so jesus's actions line up with the father's will perfectly because it is the father working through jesus is the father acting in some mysterious sense through jesus because they are one god the father the son and the holy spirit a trinitarian god three persons acting in unison with one another, accomplishing the work of salvation, bringing it about. And thus, wherever Jesus the Son goes, the Father goes with him. And the Father is there mysteriously within Jesus, working through him to accomplish his will, to accomplish the salvation, the redemption, the recreation and renewal of all things through Jesus' death and resurrection. The Father mysteriously acts in Jesus. But it is not the Father who suffers, it is Jesus in his person, in his humanity, who suffers for us. They are not one and the same. They are two distinct persons within the Godhead, within the Trinity. But nonetheless, them sharing in the divine essence means that they all, in some mysterious way, share in one another's work. They share the same essence, the divine essence. And so are both, all three persons of the Trinity are fully God. And so all three persons are always working on our behalf and so even as jesus is dying on the cross the father is working through jesus to accomplish our salvation to accomplish the renewal of all things because jesus is in the father and the father is in jesus and that is why we can be comforted jesus isn't some rogue son acting on his own accounts on his own will to sneak in salvation over against an angry Father up in heaven an angry God who just wants to judge and condemn everyone No, the father and Jesus work together and therefore comfort has a reason and has a place That we can trust that when Jesus says let not your hearts be troubled We can let not our hearts be troubled because Jesus is that very basis and he is that very reason working with the father and in the father and the father working through him and dwelling in him There's a reason that comfort can be given through what Jesus accomplishes, and it's because Jesus and the Father act together to bring about salvation for us, to bring about the removal of all of our sins, to bring about the removal of all that is broken in us, of all that is bent away from God the Father, away from Jesus the Son, and away from the Holy Spirit. And thus we can be comforted in the presence of God that, as I said earlier, As we were about to confess, I said, therefore, let us draw near to the throne of grace. There is a throne of grace that we can draw near to now because of Jesus and the Father accomplishing this work of salvation. And bringing about his application upon us that we can draw near and confess the very things that we have done wrong every moment of our lives. Without fear of retribution, without fear of judgment, without fear of condemnation, because Jesus himself has taken that sin already away from us. We have but to confess it, to be brought into fellowship, to be returned to fellowship, to be returned into that favor that we love and adore and know so well already. And the reason for that comfort coming to us is Jesus himself and the Father working through him. And the purpose for comfort, again, mysteriously, the purpose of our comfort is Jesus himself. That Jesus did great works while here on earth, But then he mysteriously promises that the disciples also will do the same great works. But they will do even greater works because Jesus will ascend to the Father. He will leave them behind and go back to the Father. Because of that, they will do even greater works in him. I think one of those greater works I've never been able to fully grasp. I don't think anyone's been able to fully grasp what Jesus' words mean here. But one of those greater things is the proclamation of complete and total forgiveness. That there's no more looking forward to forgiveness occurring and being brought about in order for reconciliation to be experienced. But now after Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension, he returns to the Father, carrying human flesh, our humanity with him into heaven. So that now whatever the disciples do it is greater works because forgiveness has been fully accomplished and they proclaim complete forgiveness of all sins. They don't proclaim one of God forgives you as you give sacrifices from these animals looking forward to a Messiah accomplishing everything on our behalf. No, we look back and say everything has been accomplished through this very cross right here through Jesus' death and resurrection and now The whole purpose of that comfort is to then spread that comfort out to the rest of the world, to do those great works of proclaiming forgiveness of sins, bringing comfort, bringing healing, bringing renewal through that word, that proclamation that Jesus has accomplished all on our behalf. The sins of the world were laid on him that we would be forgiven. And now, drawn into union with Christ on account of that forgiveness, we can move forward and make known that comfort. That Jesus speaks through us as we say, let not your hearts be troubled to those around us. We're not just merely saying, don't worry, be happy. No, there's something deeper in that, let not your hearts be troubled. It means turn to God. It means look to the Father, look to the Son, look to the Spirit to come and bring you the comfort that you need. Don't pretend there isn't anything troubling your heart. But confess that trouble to the Father in order to release it, in order to give it over to Him. To give to Him that which you can't even fix anyway. So that then we can ask for healing, we can ask for renewal, we can ask for that which we need. And Jesus will accomplish it through us and in us and around us. Not every specific thing here, but within the alignment of God and the Father's will and Jesus' will for us. Of course, Jesus' will is for our hearts not to be troubled. So, of course, we can look and pray through Jesus to the Father, draw near to that throne of grace and cry out for the comfort that we need. To cry out for the peace that we need that is already there, knowing that it is accomplished. Because Jesus himself is the basis. He is the reason, he is the purpose that we would know him more deeply and accomplish the work he has called us to do. And as we are comforted, as our troubles are lifted away from us and set aside by Jesus, we can then share that very comfort with others. It makes me think of Paul's words in his letters to the Corinthians where he speaks of the trouble that happened to us was for our benefit that we could then comfort you in your troubles. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus says. Because he is the basis, the reason, and the purpose of that comfort that comes when our hearts are not troubled. That we can look to the Father and draw near and confess the trouble that is upon us. And he will pour his Spirit upon us, each and every one of us, to renew our hearts as we draw near. As Jesus said, the Father will be glorified in the Son, in the Son's accomplishing of this work of taking away that which troubles us. And that which ultimately troubles us is our very sin that Jesus has taken away through the cross so that we can draw near and not be troubled by it anymore. Our consciences can be washed clean through baptism and faith and our whole bodies renewed the regeneration of the Spirit working in us so that we can lay hold of that comfort. And then through us, Jesus pours that comfort out to the rest of the world around us. And we accomplish greater works than what Jesus does because He is acting through us, spreading that work to the rest of the world, applying it. It is accomplished, and now He brings it into bear upon people, upon creation through his very people and so rejoice in the comfort that is poured out upon us that is poured out through us this day and so let not your hearts be troubled by all that is around us and if they feel troubled then lay hold of the comfort that is yours in christ by asking him to bring that comfort to bear upon you to forgive you of your sins and to lead you in his paths of righteousness To lead you in the path that he has paved, that he himself is. To unite himself fully to you. So that you can draw near always to the Father through Jesus. And reach out and bring others near to the Father as well. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.